Okay, settle in and get comfortable. I am all settled in and ready to meditate on scripture here. I've got my hot cup of coffee, although it's getting cold rapidly as cups of coffee always do. Actually broadcasting from my home this time, which is not usually the case. Thought I would mention it because we have a household family cat named Charles Dickens, who sometimes likes to get all up in my business and he might make himself known if you hear cat noises. That's what that's all about. We're going to be meditating on Isaiah chapter 1, starting at verse 21. I want to say a special hello if you are in Los Angeles, California, way over here in North Carolina. That seems like a world away, and uh, but I'm really glad that the Lord brought you to this podcast. It's really a privilege that you would allow me to serve in this way. And uh, as always, if you have any ideas how I can improve, please email me at truesleepfeedback at gmail.com. All right, let's say a quick word of prayer, ask for God's help, and we'll just read these verses and let them sink in as we get some good, deep soul rest together. Father, thank you for giving us your word. Help us now by your Holy Spirit to understand it, but not just understand it, to receive it and be transformed by it. Lord, help me to serve this listener really well, and may we all rest in you through Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. All right. Verse 21 of Isaiah chapter 1. How the faithful city has become a whore, she who was full of justice, righteousness lodged in her, but now murderers. Well, we're starting off with a bang here. I doubt there's many sleep meditation podcasts that include the word whore in it, uh, but the Bible, it is a pure and holy book, but it it uh, has hard edges to it, and it does speak, God speaks harshly when it comes to sin and rebellion among his people. And so here he's referring to his, his people. Isaiah was sent to prophesy to Judah and Jerusalem because they had rebelled against God, and God takes it really seriously. And he just got done promising to wash away their sins one day, to bring them back to reconciliation. We know that he brought that about through the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And I hope and pray that you are trusting and following Jesus, that you're a fellow Christian as we meditate on this, because otherwise you're really not going to be able to receive it and respond to it. You may be able to understand parts of it, and you might be able to appreciate parts of it, um, but you really need that transformation that comes through being saved by faith in Jesus to fully receive God's word. But let's look at what the words say here. How the faithful city has become a whore. So who's he talking about? What faithful city? doesn't really elaborate right here in this immediate context, but if you read on and if you look back, it seems evident that he's referring to probably the capital city of God's people, but not just the capital city, more the capital city as representative of all of God's people. 
So they were meant to be a faithful city, a faithful people, a people of a culture of faithfulness to God. It's really marriage language, and that's where that that harsh term whore comes in in just a minute, which we'll get to. But God always anticipated and always his plan is to develop a special people called out from among all the peoples of the world to be his people. And in the New Testament, it's referred to as the bride of Christ. Uh, That's what the church is, the kingdom of heaven. Uh, All that's not exactly synonymous, but it's adjacent to our concern right now. So we'll get into that one day. But for now, if you are a Christian, you are a citizen of God's people, part of a new and special culture different from all other cultures of the earth, marked by faithfulness to God. So maybe from the start, we'll just pause and reflect on that and let that sink in. Your identity as a Christian is part of this new people with a distinct culture marked by faithfulness to God. Just let those words sink in for a bit. So God's people were meant to be like a faithful city, but in their sin and rebellion, he says they they have become a whore. The footnote in the ESV says that could be translated that they have become unchaste, which is a little more palatable to our ears than that harsh, insulting word whore. But I think that is seemingly the best translation, and it captures the the raw, ugly reality of rebellion against our God. It's like a wife committing adultery against her husband as a prostitute for some other form of gain and compensation. It's terrible, terrible imagery because it's a terrible thing. Sin is genuinely a terrible thing. I have to think that most folks who find this podcast are looking for ways to ease their minds so that they can sleep. And I would imagine that sometimes our restlessness is caused by sin. And you can't just paper over it. Sin is seriously ugly and damaging. Damages our relationship with God. Damages our relationship with other people. So let's pause and ask the Holy Spirit to search our hearts and reveal to us any sin in there that we need to confess to our God and receive afresh His forgiveness through Jesus Christ, be restored in our conscience and in our relationship with Him. Father, would you please convict this listener if they have any sin that they have not repented of. Just make it clear and concrete 
Pray that they would not be filled with shame or guilt or any of those things or anything from the accuser, but instead just a crisp, clear, clean conviction of the Holy Spirit that brings about such a discomfort and a distaste for their sin that they would come to you and confess it fully, leaving nothing out, and repent fully, that you would empower them to turn from it in their hearts and their affections and in their minds, and then even practically, that they would turn away from that sin and instead walk in your good ways. So Isaiah writes, How the faithful city has become a whore, she who was full of justice. So God's special people are meant to be marked by faithfulness. They're also meant to be full of justice. So we as citizens of his kingdom, actually transformed through Jesus, we get to live this way, faithfully trusting and obeying God our Father, and then relating to one another and all people in terms of justice. We want all people to be treated justly. We don't want anyone to be taken advantage of. We certainly don't want to participate in taking advantage of anyone. And so why don't you pause here and just reflect on your relationships. Are you treating people justly? Is there anyone that you are taking advantage of in any way? He goes on to write, Righteousness lodged in her, but now murderers. So there again, God's people were designed to be righteous, to do and love what is right by God's definition, by God's viewpoint. So are you living and doing and loving what is right according to God's definition of it. Through Jesus Christ, we're redeemed from unrighteousness, from faithlessness. We're redeemed from all of our rebellion and sin, and we get to live in this culture, this new kingdom of heaven that Jesus, our King, has established. We get to live faithfully, justly, righteously. But as we look at these words, the alternative here 
to righteousness is murder. It says righteousness lodged in her, but now murderers. So did you murder anyone today? I, I say that jokingly, but I guess murders do happen. And so it's not totally out of the question that someone listening to this podcast may have been involved in a murder. Uh, I've, it's hard for me to relate to. I've known a lot of people and I haven't known any murderers. Um, so it might be best for us to think of this just in terms of valuing human life. It seems like rebellion had crept in so deeply to God's people that they were not valuing human life. They were treating people in, unjustly. And in some way, they were also murdering. I think, if I'm understanding the context correctly, that was probably indirect. It was probably through oppression of poor and vulnerable people to the point that they couldn't survive and maybe even starve to death. But there may have been direct violent murders in, in view as well. But for you right now, I would encourage you to just think about how you view human life. Do you value it highly? Because God certainly does. In our um, entertainment, we can be desensitized to loss of human life. And murder can start to seem like a light thing. Not that necessarily we would commit murder, but that it would cease to disturb us. But let God's word calibrate your conscience and your sensitivities and your heart rather than the world and its entertainment. So just let the dial on your value for human life be, be turned up here by this passage. And I've often found it interesting that after embarking on this, this project, many passages in the Bible are not in of themselves inherently restful. Like they really go to dark places. They, they probe every aspect of the human condition, and they do so with God's all-seeing eye. And that can be uncomfortable, but I really do believe that this is the path to true rest. This is the path to being right with God, which is the way to being right with everything else with yourself, with your other relationships. So I wish I knew you. I wish I knew you personally. I know that God does, though. And uh, I just want to pray for you, and that'll be all for this one. Father, thank you for this listener. I know they are very dear to you. I know you love them. You created them. And you would have them to walk in close relationship with you. And you've made a way for that to be possible through what your son Jesus did for us on the cross. So I just pray that you would do all your wonderful, miraculous, healing, redeeming, forgiving work in this dear listener's heart and life. In Jesus' name, amen.